So today, I wanted to do a little bit of a rant talking about something I actually love in Warhammer 40k. And a, a surprise, I know. But I mean it, and I'm not being sarcastic. I actually really love Rough Riders. Not just the models themselves, which I've always had a... It's always had, they've always had a place in my heart. But for the actual idea of them in 40k. Now, some people think that they're ridiculous. Some people think that they're stupid to have cavalry-mounted troops in this game which has, in the last couple of years at least, become very much about mechanised companies and tanks and space marines running around in superpower armour and titans and all this sort of stuff and obviously all the other alien stuff they have. But then you've got these humans riding around on horses <laughs> with explosive lances. I think it's brilliant and I'm going to go into why. I'm going to have a little rant and explain to you what the reasons why I love it and yeah, but the reason why it's come up is I noticed someone people mentioning uh, in the comments recently, and also this this bricklayer. I think he's from Manchester. I think his name's like Scamrack or something like that. I don't know. I don't know much about him. I don't trust him. He's got them shifty eyes. Anyway, he mentioned uh, the guard range is going to have Rough Riders in it when they finally get around to doing a, a refresh of the range, uh, you know, an update of the range, which is weird, right? You think. Of all the factions in 40k, aside from Space Marines and all the different flavours of Space Marines, Imperial Guard are probably the second most popular range. Probably the, the second most popular faction. I mean, they have to be, just the amount I see them and the amount of people talk about them and so on. Um, I've never seen any, you know, prices or, you know, sales or anything like that, but it just seems to me that they would be the, the second most popular faction. And they've been kind of stuck with just the, the remnants of the Cadian range, I think they were, you were able to pick up a few bits and bobs of the old other metal Imperial Guard stuff for a while, but that's all gone now. I think even Steel Legion you can't pick up anymore. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's odd to me that they just have this sort of odd half range of Imperial Guard stuff when they're, they're so popular and so prevalent within the lore and the universe. And obviously they are because they're you know the the closest you're going to get to generic humans. But it's very strange. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with this range in general. I know uh, the next sort of big sort of campaign thing, probably over the, the September period leading into the winter, is going to be Armageddon. It's mostly going to be Angron. Obviously, the Angron and the World Eaters and stuff, because they're really pushing the chaos thing. I think they're... I don't think it's been as popular as they expected it to be, which is a shame, because they're lovely models, what they've done with it, but people just want Space Marines and they want Imperial Guard. That's just that's just how it is. So the Imperial Guard range will probably sell an insane amount compared to how much effort they've put into selling this new range of Chaos stuff and pushing them forward so heavily. But, uh, yeah, that means we're going to get new Rough Riders, and I'm going to be interested interested to see what they actually do with them. Are they going to be Attilians? We had Talarn uh, Rough Riders for a while. I know we've got Death Corps of Krieg, and obviously the Krieg have had a bit of a refresh recently as well. And not just they're not just only available through Forge World. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they, they do with them. The idea of just having these cavalry guys running around with these explosive spears. is <laughs> running, running at tanks, you know. <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be very funny. But, now, I guess a lot of people think they're, I guess you'd say, like an anachronism. That they exist at all. And I can see where people are coming from because people have that idea in their head. I think it's from like um, recent history and some of the bigger, you know, the, the, the last two world wars, there was cavalry there and they were sort of outclassed or whatever by the tanks and stuff. But the rationale for maintaining cavalry forces hasn't changed. And if you know anything about military stuff, if you know anything about logistics, if you know anything about 
you know, patrolling frontier territories and so on, where it's difficult to resupply and all that sort of thing. Horses and mules, I mean, even now, mules in Afghanistan and so on, these are still prominent things, and they have been since, I mean, in Afghanistan, I mean, since Alexander the Great or even before. So these, you know, war animals are a part of the <laughs> human warfare, and they always will be, to a greater or lesser extent. And cavalry, obviously in the modern era, they only really perform a ceremonial role, except in some some nations, and again, like, you know, I think they make use of cavalry quite a lot in South America, in various different countries there, just because of the terrain and so on. You know, less, less, less affluent countries that can't afford to maintain a fleet of Humvees. They're going to be, they're going to be quite prominent. And it makes sense. Um, and I think as we go as we go forward, they're probably going to come back in vogue a little bit because they're easier to maintain and they don't require fuel other than what they can eat. Anyway, that's though one of the reasons why I like them in 40k. Now you might think that's just, what I'm going to say now is like a uh, what do you say big bo- big boy words now a post hoc rationalisation of why I like them, but I think it makes sense within the context of the 40k universe. Because yes, you have these these war zones, and it was much more prevalent in the old, like forty k going back, sort of third edition, fourth edition, uh, in the law, in the descriptions of different units and so on. Because obviously, forty k used to be a lot more of a skirmish based game, uh, where you'd have, you know, y- y- your game would be maybe one or two tanks on each side and about 30, 40 models. That'd be your average game. So then you'd throw these rough riders in there. As like a, a flanking force, you know, a little five-man team of, of rough riders. That's how the armies used to be back in the day. And I always liked the idea of rough riders. And I think it's fairly unique to 40k. I know like things like Star Wars and different uh, different universes, science fiction universes and whatever. They have animals and things, obviously. You know, Star Wars, I guess, is the most prominent with the use of, you know, when they're on the, the desert world. Was it called Tatooine? I've wiped my mind to Star Wars stuff. I'm done with Star Wars. I'm done with it. I hate that as well because I loved X-Wing. I just can't play the game now because I don't want to see these characters. <laughs> I don't, don't want to know. But yeah, you know, you, you using them and so on to patrol, to scout, to, 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 to do all that sort of thing. It makes sense in that context. And that's what's happening in 40k to a greater or lesser degree. This is my thinking on the Rough Riders. This is why I like them. This is the, the imagery it gives me. This is the feel it gives me as I'm reading the lore and understanding the 40k universe. The Rough Riders perform a role that other forces can't really, or at least not as easily. Now you've got to think, well, what is a Rough Rider unit? How would the Imperium get a hold of a regiment of cavalry? So they're either going to be going to a feral world, which is low tech, but if it's a feral world, it's probably going to be some kind of um, warrior society. Just as an example, like some kind of, like some step tribe, tribal society, like a, a Mongol civilization on a planet it's going to be a planet from you know very low tech maybe medieval level tech maybe like lower than that sort of if you distinguish it that way and they're going to be recruited because they've still got to pay their tithe everybody's got to pay their taxes they've got to pay their tithe in human flesh for the army that's the imperial way so they provide a regiment of their best warriors and whatever and i've always liked that with the tithing thing like some worlds it's just like on on Hive world to be rounding up all the scumbags, maybe sometimes just to fill the quota, that sort of thing. But on these kind of worlds, more traditional, more honor bound, more aristocratic or, or, or warrior based, there'll be that it will be an honor thing to serve the Imperium. 
And they'll probably never come back, but maybe if they do, they'll come back and they'll be like, you know, warriors from beyond the stars. They'll probably have an edge over their competitors in the planet and be able to ascend through the ranks of the planet. So you can see why they might want to do that. And the Imperium does do that. They don't just send regiments off to a war zone to be annihilated. Sometimes they come back. Not always, but sometimes. And they, you know, you can imagine returning to that sort of society, you would have a place of honour. You would have something special about you. And I've always liked that idea. Alternatively, they could be placed as a, a planet as the garrisons, as the overlords. And then over the centuries, they become the hereditary aristocracy, the descendants of this remnant guard regiment who's been placed on garrison duty on this planet and it's just been left there for like 100 200 years and it's just gradually turned into this this aristocratic uh, warrior class that rules over you know it might be some front frontier world some agri world or whatever that sort of thing appears in the lore a lot and is talked about often the other the other alternative if you're you know an immunostorum immunostorum clerk an administratum clerk you're looking for resources, manpower, so on, from the worlds. Who owes what tithes? Who can raise a regiment? What population? And so on. How many men can you raise from a certain population? Well, you're gonna you're gonna be basing it on. You're gonna know that kind of thing from feral worlds. You're gonna you're gonna judge it on that. It's gonna it, on their little spreadsheet when they're sat in the in the Adeptus Terra. They're gonna have like little hot words, <laughs> little tags attached. You know, feral world, warrior society, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Percentage-wise, how many can we raise from there? Oh, okay, you know, we can raise like 10,000 men from this population every, like, you know, 50, 60 years. Boom. Nice and easy. Send the message out, get them raised, a ship will come on, pick them up, and then they'll get sent back to, to the war zone or whatever. The other alternative is you've got to think about cavalry as a, as a thing, right? It's one thing to be able to ride a horse. It's another thing to be able to fight from a horse. And it's a much, much, much more difficult thing for a society to be able to organise, arm, equip, train, and have an effective fighting force as cavalry, especially if they're armed with actual weapons, las guns or firearms of some description, not just swords. I mean, that's difficult enough. It's very difficult to do that because you have to maintain, you have to train them. You have to have that kind of society set up that's capable of maintaining a body of men with this kind of like high skilled training. And you could get a, another population which is more, a slightly more advanced, say if it was like Victorian era, you're looking at that kind of level. So I'd say the, the feral world would be like middle ages and lower and, and earlier, sort of, if you want to look at a comparative time in human history, that's what they'd be for me. You know, Mongols, uh, Huns, that sort of thing, Tartars, something like that. You know, that's kind of the vision I've got of what you would get from a federal world rogue, um, rough rider regiment. You could go, though, to another world where it's slightly more advanced and you get like a more of a Victorian type feel. Uh, you know, people armed with like carbines or las guns are the equivalent. And maybe lances the same, but, you know, firearms of some description ranged weaponry and they fight in that way and they're still rough riders or they you know they've got sabers napoleonic sort of level of a human society that raises this regiment and again that's going to be a fairly militaristic society uh, it's not going to be just peaceful farmers living on a planet you've got to have that sort of uh, a society to be able to form that kind of regiment and if the tithe guys come and order the raising of a regiment like that they have to like you know you know they have to do a bit of research they have to know that this is a society that maintains that kind of military that kind of force and as well obviously some worlds are constantly civil warring with themselves and the imperium doesn't care so much as long as the tithe is paid 
you know? So you could get nation, you could get planets of imperial, an imperial planet with multiple different nations who are constantly warning with them. That's not necessarily a bad thing for the Imperium because it keeps the, uh, what you say, it keeps the knife sharp, you know, it keeps the blade sharp, gives an edge to the population that they might not normally have if they were living in eternal peace. So that's my rationale on that. So these are the kind of, you know, that's the kind of vibe I get. You either get slightly more advanced ones because if it's any more advanced society, I don't think you'd get rough, I don't think you'd get cavalry regiments that were anything different to what they are in our current era, a, a formal tradition of maintaining that sort of thing. It's not, they're, not, they're for ceremonial purposes really only. They're not going to be unleashed as a, as a strong military force in, you know, charges. In the First World War, you had those kind of remnant forces. In the Second World War as well, I know the Polish maintained a large force of cavalry and other, other nations did as well. But uh, it was the tank, you know, the tank just overtook everything, mechanised warfare. And I think if you've got a society that advances any more beyond that, and they have tanks, they have Lehman Russes, they have Chimeras, they're a bit more of an advanced, industrialised world. They can provide more men and more advanced men, but they're not going to be maintaining cavalry units. They're going to be functional as an actual combat unit. They're going to be in tanks, like we do. You get what I'm saying? So I think that's kind of the tech levels and the society levels that you're going to be drawing from for these regiments. You see, now, this is a nice rant, no? <laughs> I'm going in deep. I'm going in deep. So, these are the kind of visions I have for where you're going to get road, um, rough, I keep wanting to say rogue traders, rough rider regiments. And I think that makes sense. And I think that's good. And it also means that the populations you're going to be raising them from are going to be a bit more self-reliant than, than, than regiments raised from other worlds which aren't as battle-worthy. You know, a federal world regiment, it's going to be hard men. Even this regiment that's from the Napoleonic, it's got, a, you know, from a planet with a vaguely Napoleonic sort of air around it, that sort of era, or even the Victorian sort of era, they, they're going to be a bit more rough around the edges. They're going to be a harder people. Not to say that Hive World trash aren't hard. They are. But there's going to be a lot of uh, weak people, malcontents and so on, just inevitably due to the nature of that society they're drawing the population from. So that's why I like, that's one reason why I like Rough Riders. And this is all, I can't give you quotes, all right? You want quotes, go to a university. You know, go read, a, go read a book. I'm just giving you my vibe. This is from my collected wisdom from imbibing all this warmer shit for years, okay? It's all in there. It's forming this. I'm making it up. <laughs> so, these guys, you've got these regiments then, yeah? So what do you do with them? Well, oh yeah, of course, Krieg. Before we go on, I'll mention Krieg, because obviously someone will mention Krieg. Uh, the, the, I believe they're called the Death Riders, an, an original name for the Death Corps, of course, the Death Riders. But that again, I, I have, again, rationalised that in my head. <laughs> Why have the Krieg got cavalry? Well, obviously, it's evocative of the First World War and uh, elements of the Second World War. But the First World War, primarily the trench warfare nature of existence on Krieg and what their society has become over the years, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a massively religious a world that's like devoted to this training fighters breeding fighters uh when breeding isn't enough cloning them or speeding up the growth of them you know taking fetuses and putting them in this vita womb and speeding up the growth it's going to have created a, a, a like an, an entire world of just like natural born soldiers to a degree and that's what it looks like but why have they got why have they got cavalry still well i think it's because they were a, that's a remnant of the old well, there's two things. I think it's a remnant of the old um, system that was in place 
it was probably a cavalry force attached to the the loyalists and they simply have maintained it and over the years it's become a tradition to maintain it and it's become a, a and because the Krieg are nutters they um <laughs> I mean we all love them but they're nutters because they've become that uh, highly 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 militaristic society they have created this this cavalry force which is supremely effective but fundamentally they're equipped in the same way as normal rough riders but also another thing is I think it's because resources were tight and they needed a mobile force that could move in and obviously they've adapted their horses and so on for this purpose. But I think they didn't have uh, the resources required to have tanks and things like this. They couldn't build tanks and things. And that seems to be part of the law. They didn't really have that stuff. It wasn't until, it isn't until later on, I think when the Imperium comes back, and I am just making this up now, but I get that vibe from the way the law is described. They didn't have mechanized uh, you know that's that's why trench warfare developed it wasn't just the nuclear fallout it's that they didn't have the means to build and maintain large tank forces so they turned to something else which was genetic uh, you know jiggery pokery and they not just on their soldiers to maintain their armies but they did this to horses in order to create a a fleshy semi-armored <laughs> fast attack force to you know exploit breaches in the trench lines during this apocalyptic war they were fighting so there we go that's my vibe on te on, on krieg i think they're slightly a bit of an exception but i think they fit within the parameters of my vision of what r rough riders generally are talan as well i know we've had talan um desert raider rough riders but again they're coming from a, a death world again i think most of these sort of regiments will be from death worlds hard environments feral worlds that sort of thing but the Rough Rider thing makes sense because they live in the desert. Now, horses are fairly decent in the desert. And again, how are you going to be able to get fuel to them? You can't. So the, the horses are, I guess it's a desert, so where are you going to get water? But I get, I'm, I'm relying on the fact that the Telan know where all the little oases are and where their water is and where the, the hidden bunkers are, where they can go underground and stuff. So horses make sense, you know. Horses have been used a lot in deserts and stuff. It, it's, it's normal. It's fairly normal. So it fits in again. There, this is, really is a rant, isn't it? Jesus. What was I trying to say? <laughs> so okay you've got their rough rider regiments right i think that i think i've roughly explained my point of view on how i like what their origin is so where what do you use them for now you don't use them for with the exception of the Cree, you don't use them for mass engagements large engagements and we don't really see them used that way often they're used it seems to me and some of the law points to this and i remember a couple of stories they used to do this thing in white dwarf where they do regimental histories now and again and short stories and things it seems to me that they're used to put down rebellions on small planets. They're like, this is the force you use when you haven't got the resource. Like, you're a commander or an adept or whatever. You've got to send resources there. What's the threat level? What's the risk level? <laughs> Any of you who worked in offices, you know what risk is. The red, amber, green, obviously. What's the risk level? What resources have we got at our disposal? What do we need to send there in order to get the job done? We can't send a Titan Legion to put down some agrarian revolt or some uh, uppity governor on some feral world with a couple of million people, farmers or livestock breeders or whatever. They've rebelled against the Imperium or a, a minor cult's arisen and taken over the government of the planet or there's a civil war going on. We need to send someone there to sort it out. Help is being requested, whatever. You send a regiment of Rough Riders. Now, what does this give you? It gives you a capable and strong force that can be thrown onto a planet, right? The thing is, though, this, this force 
does not require resupply in the same way that an armoured force would. So if you, if you sent an advanced military force to some planet, you're going to have to constantly be resupplying them, repairing equipment, so on and so forth. What if this planet hasn't got any industry at all? What are you going to do then? So that's why you send a cavalry force. And the cavalry force can fight the war, and it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be they're going to be equipped with imperial weapons they're going to be equipped with las weapons the most durable and easy to repair and maintain with ammo cells that can be recharged just by throwing them in a fire you know all that sort of stuff fairly easy logistically to maintain this force a ship i think there's even stories of this i vaguely remember this you know the ship will come in to the system drop the regiment onto the planet in shuttles and then bugger off it's got other things to do this is just like a an errand they're running this, this regiment of Rough Riders gets dumped on this planet, conquers it, probably left there for generations until someone comes and picks them up again, or they get picked up straight away and sent to the next mission. That sort of thing happens. That's the that's what's going on in 40K on a regular basis, these kind of things. So they land, I mean, there was one where the planetary governor rebelled. I can't remember the full details of it, but this planetary defense force, it had one operational Lehman Russ, right, in the governor's palace. That was it. That, that was, the, that was the, the main thing they had. That's all they had. Was it them or was it maybe it was the Talad? I forget. But like, this is the kind of thing that's happening in 40k. Governor rebels over something. And the Imperium just sends a force there. It was Rough Riders, yeah, to take it out. And they've got one Lehman Russ. That's like the best weapon, the best, the, the pride of their entire planet's arsenal is one battered old, crappy Lehman Russ that they've got at the Governor's Palace. And the Rough Riders come in, use their lances, destroy it, bang, boom, take, take out the Governor. Conquer the planet for the Imperium. Order is restored. Send the message out. Do we stay? Do we go? We'll see. It depends if someone sees the message. I like that kind of vibe. I like that. And as well, you've got to think for patrolling and things like this. It's a logistical thing. It's a logistical thing for me. It makes perfect sense. You dump a unit of Rough Riders on a planet, a regiment of Rough Riders on a planet, on a frontier world. They can patrol that planet. They can keep an eye on it. They can maintain order. They can enforce the Imperial rule over the planet. They're fairly mobile. They're an advanced group of people anyway. They have advanced weaponry in comparison to everybody else. They're enough of a force to stop your average raider. It'd have to be like fairly large invasion. You know, small orc pirate raids or Eldar raids can be opposed by these guys. It makes perfect sense to me. I like it. I like it as a vibe. I like it as an idea. This is the kind of thing that's going on. And it would explain as well why, you know, some people say, oh, why can't the Imperium like just improve planets and things? Well... Why would they want to? You've got these populations growing on these planets that you can jump in there, pluck out your handful of soldiers that you need to go and send off to do different things, uh, to do specific things. Or, you know, just numbers. Numbers is numbers at the end of the day as well for the Imperium. They'll go and, you know, go to, to Hive World and get a massive collection of troops and throw them into a battlefront, into a meat grinder. But these guys, it feels to me, and no doubt they would to these guys as well, if necessity called. But I feel like the cavalry regiments have probably got a little bit of a separate place and if they are attached to big big battles like that, they'll be used as like flanking forces, scouting forces, support troops, maybe to hunt down guerrilla forces, to defend the flanks, to defend, you know, to patrol, to maintain order amongst, you know, scattered populations. All these tasks cavalry units can perform and they don't have to worry about uh, being, you know, their tanks running out spare parts. They don't have to worry about fuel being sent to them. I like it as, um, as just a part of the 40k universe. Anyway, that's my rant. It's a little rant. This is one of the things in 40k I love. It's an area that doesn't get talked about much. Rough Riders are a thing now. They are fun. 
horses are very prominent within the Imperium, within human society. That's one of the, the main animals that humanity took out with them in the great diaspora from Earth in the golden age of humanity. They took all these animals with them. And obviously some of them mutated and changed over the millennia from various reasons. But uh, horses are a thing in 40k. And I like that. And I like that no one else really does that sort of thing within any kind of science fiction or military sci-fi thing. To my knowledge, I mean, maybe they do, but I don't know. I don't really follow any of these things, you know. <laughs> I only really follow 40k. Uh, <laughs> I'm only vaguely aware of other stuff. But I like it as a thing. I like it as a cool idea. And I like the idea of these just nutters they must have. You know, they've got a, they've got a chart. They've got like a, an, an explosive-tipped power lance. And it just run, run in and they shove it in them. Like they're going to go up against Chaos Space Marines and charge at the Chaos Space Marines and try and lance them. I love that. It's great. And as well, it gives you the scope to have actual, legitimately, like, knightly forces, right? An Imperial Guard Regiment raised, and they're, like, basically Teutonic Knights with, with, <laughs> with explosive powers, power uh, lances. That sort of thing. That's amazing. You know, you imagine that. That'd be some sick models, to be fair. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the range. I don't know if it's going to be just a, a refresh of the Attilians, which obviously, you know, Attila the Hun. But... They'd be a good look. I, I like that look. It, and I, I, the thing I don't I miss about the old Imperial Guard range was the the different uniforms, the different styles, the different types of regiment you could have. You'd have an Imperial Guard regiment with different platoons. You know, you'd have a Mordian platoon, Cadian platoon, Talarn platoon, all that stuff. And it's such a shame that we haven't got that kind of mix of different forces that we used to have from, for Imperial Guard regiments. You can make a really colourful sort of strange looking army <laughs> it's good stuff now everything's sort of generic it's all catachans oh no catachans um cadians it's all just cadians you know basic boring i want to have i want dudes with like pikes i want dudes with giant you know napoleonic era uniforms uh, i want i want that sort of craziness of 40k brought to life and i think the imperial guard range if it was done properly can do that you know death corps creed guys standing next to catachans <laughs> it's a good look it's a good look, and I'm looking forward to what they do with it. And the Rough Riders will definitely be a highlight for me, because, yeah, I love Rough Riders. I love the idea of them for the various reasons I've explained. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I like it. Ah, I'm trying to be more happy with 40k at the minute. <laughs> I'm trying not to be a hater, you know? I'm going to pretend to be a fanboy for a little while. Anyway, that's all I've got for you today. Just a nice little positive rant. See you next time. Many Emperor Protect. Blah, blah, blah. See you later. ta -ra.